You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Payne.tv slash gold. All right, again, folks, we're over here at govexec.com. The title of this piece, Social Security Warns Public of Declining Service if Congress doesn't increase funding. So let's just read from this quickly and let's see the uh, stage that these folks are setting. It says the Social Security Administration last week warned the public that unless Congress approves a $1.4 billion increase in funding for the agency in fiscal 2023, the agency's customer service will continue to deteriorate. You hear that, old folks out there? The customer service is going to go down. Well, customer service has been going down with every major company and the government for many, many years. And that will just be the introduction of more artificial intelligence, which actually is causing the problems with customer service. But, hey, whatever, the big guys decided this is what the new system is going to look like. This is your new normal. Goes on to say, over the last decade, Social Security has seen its workload increase. Oh, how about you stop taking people's money from them? Um, remember, folks, Social Security started back there under the New Deal when they tagged everyone with a Social Security number, which was uh, straight out of Technocracy Incorporated's plan. Everyone needed to be assigned basically a Dewey Decimal System number. And that's how you would be tracked for your energy certificates. Well, that's how you'll be tracked inside of this system that they're building as well, which is energy certificates on steroids. So Social Security has seen its workload increase with the number of beneficiaries increasing 21% between 2010 and 2021, while its budget and workforce has dwindled. Over the same time period, the agency's budget has fallen by 13% when accounting for inflation. Oh, they're affected too? While its workforce has declined by 7%, or roughly 4,000 employees since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, how about you don't cause inflation and you didn't orchestrate the scamdemic? Well, if you didn't do those things, you wouldn't have problems there. Remember, Social Security is government. It is the state. So the state orchestrated this stuff, and now the state has problems. But that's all on purpose, folks. Problem, reaction, solution. And the solution will be CBDC. I don't know yet when it's going to be rolled out, but I guarantee you that Social Security will be one of the first five or six uh, markets they're going to go after. goes on to say, when Congress passed the continuing resolution in September as a stopgap to keep the government open until December 16th, it included $400 million in emergency funding for Social Security to cover cost increases and support the agency's ongoing hiring efforts. All right. And so let's just see. Uh, I don't know if I want to cover all this, but they are whining. Yeah. So basically what's going on here. And let's let's continue. Let, let's just finish this up. It says, but in a rare blog post on the agency's financial situation, Social Security Deputy Commissioner for Communications Jeff Nesbitt wrote that the agency will need far more funding to maintain an acceptable level of service. Although federal agencies frequently issue warnings about the dangers of inadequate appropriations or short-term funding deals on their ability to fulfill their mission, 
That typically occurs via letters to lawmakers or testimony before Congress. Quote, Congress provided us with $400 million, which provides enough funding to cover our fixed cost increases only through December. Overtime at fiscal 2022 levels and continuous hiring at the start of fiscal 2023, end quote, Nesbitt wrote. Quote, however, it is not enough to cover the full year fixed cost increases or to maintain the hiring and overtime levels beyond December to improve service. On the other hand, the fiscal 2023 president's budget request of $14.8 billion for Social Security Administration, a $1.4 billion increase over fiscal 2022 enacted level of funding, would allow us to improve customer service and offer the service experience you deserve, end quote. It says Social Security has been under a microscope over the last year due to service delivery difficulties stemming from the pandemic. Problem, reaction, solution, folks. Although some Republican lawmakers have blamed telework for long lines at agency field offices throughout the country, employee groups and advocates have argued that delays there and in the disability application process are in fact due to chronic underfunding and understaffing. So you also have them handling here disability payments that will be handled by cbdc as well so as you see folks the stage is being set goes on to say last month officials with the american federation of government employees which represents thousands of social security employees urged congress to approve 16.5 billion in funding for the agency which would amount to a 1.7 billion dollar increase over the biden administration's budget proposal and let's go back here into Nesbitt's blog post where he acknowledged the toll increasing workloads have had on his agency's workforce. Quote, we are also experiencing historically high levels of employees leaving the agency because employees are carrying unreasonable workloads, giving the staffing shortage. As we lose employees, our service further deteriorates. You feel the effects of our staffing shortage. You are waiting an unacceptable average of over six months for a decision on an initial disability claim and over 30 minutes to speak to a representative on our national 800 number, end quote. So you see what's really going on here, folks, is imagine all the people, maybe it's you, who are actually dealing with these buffoons in the state, holding your hand out to them because they created a system in which you need to hold your hand out to them, I'm not blaming you, to be able to get money so that you can put food on the table. Just like I hold my hand out to you, folks, and ask you to donate at donorbox.org slash Dustin Cold Show. That was a shameless, shameless plug, but I just figured I'd stick it in there. It was funny. Uh, it goes on to say the agency warned that unless Congress approves the president's budget request for Social Security, officials will have to take a series of steps that will continue the downward service trend, including hiring freezes, overtime cuts, and cutting funding for already over two IT investments. Yeah, this is definitely setting the stage for this. For the rollout of CBDC, I can see it right now. Because you know when you give them an extra $1.4 billion, it means nothing. They always come back for more. But this is basically an intentional collapse, and they're blaming COVID and all of the same things that everyone else has to deal with. Now, tomorrow, I'm going to go into depth on an article I found that explains uh, the labor shortages going on. It's a very well-written piece. And so what's happening here in Frederick County, Maryland, I told you about a restaurant I go to, White Rabbit Pizza, where you go into this, uh, it's, it's a really good pizza place, not Italian pizza. It's like a Detroit 
uh, deep dish pizza, but really, really good, like super high end, delicious. And so they're also a uh, a pub, you know, a bar. And now they want you to scan the QR code at your table, uh, pull up the menu like they were doing during COVID, and then you would order from the waiter so they had the touchless menus. But now they want you to actually order online, pay online, and then have a runner come out of the back of the kitchen and bring you your food, but he's not a waiter. You do all of your ordering online. Well, I forgot the name of the company. I think it was called Toast. I did a show on it uh, here at the Dustin Gold Standard. Well, my brother-in-law, who goes out more than I do, told me that he's now seen it in three other restaurants here in Frederick County. Now, these are independent mom and pops. These are not chains. This isn't going into Applebee's, Chili's, Outback Steakhouse, or McDonald's. These are mom and pops. So they must have a salesperson on the ground who's going in and selling this service. And so when I talked to the manager at White Rabbit, He said they really are having a hard time finding people to work. They would love to have waiters and waitresses, but they can't. They can't find them. So I started doing a little digging on the employee shortages, and we're going to go into that because, again, it was a perfect storm created by the COVID land, the high school theater production, coupled with all these new policies and regulations that were pushed through under COVID land. And so now you see it's affecting uh, the folks. I'm sure this is real inside Social Security, but this is an orchestrated collapse of the current system. Remember, Peter Thiel has said the Great Reset, basically COVID land, was going to provide an opportunity to usher in this new economy and push out the old economy. All the pieces are coming together. This article ends with, quote, it is critical that we have the resources to restore staffing losses and continue our important IT investments or face years of deteriorating services that you will not and should not expect. We must be able to provide timely and quality service to everyone who depends on it, end quote, Nesbitt said. All right, folks, so this is definitely uh, setting the stage for a rollout of central bank digital currency and running this whole thing on artificial intelligence and on the blockchain, and it'll get to you easier. You'll get your money every month. You can go spend it wherever you want, except where they tell you you can't. No, this is definitely 100% setting the stage for that. So what I'm going to do over the next couple of days of my own is I'm doing a little more research into companies like consensus possibly working right now with the social security administration i'm going to look at what tech companies are in there i'm going to look what kind of blockchain technology they're building into this because if you're on social security then you should uh, start to prepare for what is about to happen i'm telling you i just i know how they work if you're going to roll this out you're not going to start with uh, low-level, small-time people like me, like entrepreneurs, and try to force us into CBDC. You're going to start with large chunks of people that are taking money from the government. So whether that be Social Security, disability, EBT, welfare, all that type of stuff, you're going to start with them because those people aren't going to say, No, I don't want it. They're going to say, I want my money. So if you say, well, we're going to pay you in central bank digital currency now, you just have to download the app on your smartphone 
and then you're going to be able to use it connected to your bank card or your visa card they're going to do it folks are just going to do it i mean you might complain for about five minutes just like when social security stopped issuing checks and they made you take a direct deposit uh five minutes later you'll accept it so this is how you roll it out this is how you force adoption this is social engineering um technocracy the the uh system or the science of social engineering you engineer people into it by giving them no other option all right ladies and gentlemen we have an option right here i either continue or i take a break i'm going to choose the latter i'll be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, up on the screen for the video audience over there at Pain.tv slash gold, we have exposenews.com that's exposenews.com if you're a reader folks they're asking for money and saying they're going to go out of business if you don't send them a donation uh so we're looking at um october 19th uh 2022 here and this is international monetary fund chief says central bank digital currency should be used alongside social credit system to control what people can and cannot buy now we're going to be reviewing uh, a video on this in a few episodes but i want to put this in here because it fits in with what we're talking about today it says the deputy managing director of the international monetary fund the imf recently explained how central bank digital currencies can be programmed to determine what people are allowed to buy and insisted they should be used alongside a china style social credit score system all right people like myself on various podcasts have been talking about china's social score system for i don't know 10 years maybe and finally people are talking about it again when it's too late goes on to say unlike cryptocurrency which is private not really central bank digital currency will be issued and controlled by the central banks themselves in many ways it's the same as banknotes but that every single transaction will be monitored for compliance and so they've got the video up here central bank digital currency for financial inclusion and we're going to be actually reviewing this video in a couple of episodes but i do want to uh, read this to you because i think it's important to sandwich this in it says on friday october 14th the imf international monetary fund streamed a meeting called quote central bank digital currencies for financial inclusion risks and rewards end quote speakers were her majesty queen maxima of the netherlands who's also the united nations secretary general's special advocate for inclusive finance for development it's inclusive folks 
Kristalina uh, Georgieva, Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund, and Bo Lee, Deputy Managing Director. We're going to cover Bo Lee quite a bit here. And finally, Cecilia Skingsley, the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub Director. And that was the document that we reviewed yesterday, the uh, BIS Innovation Hub document showing that consensus helped build the platform, and it's built on top of Ethereum. That was for their uh, phase two and three tests. It says the meeting was about global financial inclusion, right? Folks, if you don't have a bank account, then apparently you want to be included you just can't get one so don't worry these guys are going to help you be included in this scam and this scheme central bank digital currency so the meeting was about global financial inclusion which they said had improved over the past 10 years but also a quarter of the world's adult population are still unbanked and there's a study that was done here in the united states showing that something like It was so tiny, folks. The percentage, there was like a million people that were unbanked and something like 75% said, yeah, we don't want to bank. But see, they have to force everyone onto the system. So it's not about including you. It's about coercing you or threatening you to operate within their system. And how can they do that? Exactly what Howard Scott, the founder of Technocracy Incorporated, talked about. They'll just engineer you into the system you won't have a choice uh it goes on to say it's hoped that central bank digital currencies would be affordable widely accepted and safe instruments which would address some of the issues surrounding financial inclusion among other things the live stream went under the radar for many but our buddy tom hitchcliffe over at the sociable kept an eye on what was going on tim posted a video of Uh, Bo Lee, the Deputy Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund, explaining how CBDCs can be programmed. He said, talking about uh, Bo Lee here, the smart contract would allow targeted policy functions like welfare payments, consumption coupons, food stamps, etc. With CBDCs, we can precisely control what people can and cannot own. Also, what kind of use this money can be programmed for, like food only. That's Bo Lee, folks, managing Deputy Managing Director of the IMF. Now, I told you this a couple of episodes ago. Now we're proving it to you. Uh, we've had various articles we've covered. We talked about programmable money. We talked about expiring money. And now we're actually seeing it coming out of the mouths of the actual regulators, the people who control the system, the technocrats, the scientists, the engineers, the technologists who are in charge of the system. And so right here, I'm going to read that to you one more time from the deputy managing director of the IMF. The smart contract would allow targeted policy functions like welfare payments, consumption coupons, food stamps, etc. With CBDCs, we can precisely control what people can and cannot own. Also, what kind of use this money can be programmed for, like food only. And that's exactly what I told you. They're going to be able to program it. They're going to be able to do anything they want in real time. It'll be done through artificial intelligence. 
your social security money that comes in will only be allowed to be spent at certain places on certain items and they will be able to manipulate it in real time all right it goes on to say bo lee went on to say that because of this potential program uh, uh, programmability government agencies could precisely target support packages to the right people he went on to say that quote cbdc's can't solve every financial inclusion challenge but they can work together with financial literacy and digital literacy end quote so a cbdc would work with other policies like digital identities and digital wallets this goes hand in glove with what the world bank described in november 2021 quote digital identity verification is essential to the operation of cbdc's particularly in cross-border transactions end quote they also said quote tradable digital assets must be tied to a digital identity system which in turn should be tied to an automatic know your customer and aml slash cft verification system end quote digital ids folks does that not make a lot of sense why they were pushing that concept over under COVID land, the high school theater production. My guess is, is that will be rolled out in whatever the next live action role play is. Because I know for a fact from some people that have come over to the United States, friends of my wife and such, who are supposed to show their COVID papers, they're forced to still get a COVID jab. Uh, and a booster before they come into the United States, if you're not a United States citizen. Well, they're coming right through and not even showing the papers. Because the papers can be forged, folks. I could write up a COVID card if I wanted to. But once you have the digital IDs, then that's what's going to tie you in to basically the equivalent of your social security number. You know, you marked inside the technocratic Dewey Decimal System, and then that will be tied to your central bank digital currency wallet goes on to say quote this is a foundational step to the potential use of cbdc's in emerging developments in regulatory and compliance technology may benefit central banks experiments in the digital currency space end quote all right remember this came out of the world bank group a document in november 2021 Bo Lee described the CBDC as an ecosystem and that the data it would produce would be very valuable to third parties. And again, this is all about data, folks. This is where Yuval Noah Harari, king philosopher to the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab talks about. Those who control the data will be the gods of the new era. Well, he is not wrong, ladies and gentlemen. It goes on to say, when questioned on how this transactional data could be used, Bo Lee explained, quote, I can give you one example in China. Those transaction data can be utilized by service providers in credit underwriting, end quote. Underwriting is the process by which the lender decides whether an applicant is creditworthy and should receive a loan. Quote, those transaction data in terms of how many coffees I drink every day, where I buy coffee, do I use Uber every day, and what kind of working hours I have, end quote. You see this? This is Bo Lee, the deputy director here of the IMF. This is what he's talking about right out in the open, folks. These are the guys who are setting the policy at the highest levels. 
quote, those non-traditional data can be very useful for financial service providers to give me a credit score. And based on that credit score, the service providers can give me a credit line without any face-to-face due diligence, end quote. Bo Lee continues to say that this, quote, will create value in addition to finance, and that data can be very profitable. And that's the value we're talking about to make it attractive to private sector players to join this ecosystem, end quote. You got that? Did you understand what he said? Will create value in addition to finance and that data can be very profitable and that's the value we are talking about to make it attractive to private sector players to join this ecosystem so they're going to bribe them with the ability to make more money to drive them into adopting the system it's like the chinese model but every country has the option to do it differently there is limited privacy the imf world bank and bank for international settlements are also managing many central banks on these new products on the issue of data privacy cecilia skingsley the bank for international settlements innovation hub director that's the document we reviewed explained quote what we just heard from Bo about credit scoring was a very good example of how different countries will take different journeys to a quote new world end quote where they serve their societies in the digital space end quote and so skingsley the bis innovation hub director goes on to say we will have different preferences and this preference on privacy or anonymity uh, anonymity is tricky end quote and she continued to say quote that is worth to give up a little bit of privacy to get security end quote what have i said to you before folks you are getting perceived convenience and trade for your freedom your personal liberty and your human autonomy and so here they're talking about privacy and security well there's an old saying folks those who trade security uh for those who trade freedom for security deserve neither right and now this is what they're talking about here you're just going to give up a little bit of privacy what's privacy it's part of freedom you're going to give up a little bit of freedom freedom for security i don't need security i don't want to be on your system i want to train pine cones back and forth with people i don't want to be on central bank digital currency all right folks when we get back let's finish this up and then i'm going to show you a little bit on this expiring money and i'm going to show you what uh, china is currently doing with their social score system because it's here folks it's on our shores we have to face reality um i want to figure out as i've said many times how long it's going to be before they start rolling this out Uh, i don't know hopefully i'll be in a position to be able to insulate myself a bit from it and you will as well that's the whole point of this show ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold 